As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I find that the tips that I learned from her and from living in Paris have helped me during these times where I feel like I'm in the trenches. Otherwise, I, I might feel like I've lost myself. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa. You can find out more about the podcast at cultivatingthelovely.com, in our Yellow Brick Road membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, and in our Facebook group. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram, where you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. Ladies, I can't wait for you to listen to this episode and hear the story behind how it happened because it's a really interesting kind of backstory of how it all came together and I was able to connect with Jennifer L. Scott. Now, if you are in our Patreon community, which you can find at patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely, then you will be especially excited about this week's guest because we are actually doing a book club of Jennifer's first book, Lessons from Madame Chic. So this is an opportunity to be able to go a little deeper into that whole book club thing. But even if you aren't a part of Patreon, I think you're going to love what she has to say. Jennifer spent a good amount of time during college in Paris and was really able to draw from that experience about how she has lived the rest of her life and how she parents her kids. And it was so interesting to get to talk to her. She felt just like a kindred spirit and an instant friend. So I can't wait for you to be able to listen to this week's episode. But I did want to mention again, if you aren't in Patreon, go to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely and see what we have to offer there. If you liked last week's episode with me and Rebecca, you want more of those, you can find those over there. I give a rundown every week of things that you can expect with the community. I have behind the scenes interview posts where I talk about what it was like to interview the person that I have on the show. It's just a really great community of women. Plus, we will be opening up our cultivating groups again in the middle of March. We will start taking registrations for a second quarter. So if you want to be a part of that and get in with a bunch of other women who are really invested in this whole idea of taking the chaos of our lives and finding and creating those lovely moments, then I would really suggest you come over and join us. It's a ton of fun. It's a great community. Also, be leaving those ratings and reviews in iTunes because they make a big difference. Okay, ladies, I don't want to wait a second longer, though. We'll chat again after the interview, but this episode is so much fun. I want us to dive right in. So here's Jennifer L. Scott. Welcome, Jennifer. 
Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here, Mackenzie. Oh, it is beyond a pleasure for me to have you on because I have admired and followed you for, I think it's right about four years now, because I remember reading your book, 20 Lessons from Madam Sheik, right about the time I started my Periscope show, which was four years ago. And so that's kind of what got everything rolling with my podcast and everything. But I would say that, I mean, there were maybe a handful of things that really inspired what I was doing back when I had the Periscope show and then the podcast, this whole idea of cultivating loveliness in our lives. And this book was a huge part of that. Like you, you are part of being responsible (laughs) for all of this. So it's so exciting to get to talk to you. Well, that's such a huge compliment. Thank you. Well, it is absolutely true. I remember doing Periscope shows, like not even because I did a morning show for about a year, but I would come on in the afternoon and stuff. And I remember just talking about this book because it was so impactful to me and I whizzed through it in like four days. But for (laughs) people who don't know who you are and you haven't had quite the impact you've had on me yet, because I'm sure once they... (laughs) look you up and hear from you, then they're going to want to read all your things. But would you tell people who you are and what you do and where they can find you? Sure. My name is Jennifer L. Scott. I use the L because there's a lot of Jennifer Scott out (laughs) there. (laughs) And there's another best-selling author called Jennifer Scott. Oh, no. Uh, Yeah. But uh, I'm the author of the Madame Chic books. And my first book is Lessons from Madame Chic. And I have two others as well in the series. And yeah, I I write books and I have a blog and a YouTube channel called The Daily Connoisseur. And I just, I love connecting with my readers and I'm not sure what else to say. I'm a mom of four Yeah, and I'm a homeschooling mom as well. So those are kind of the main points that people (laughs) probably need to know. Yeah, I love that. And before this, before we made our kind of funny connection, which we'll talk about in a second, I didn't know that you were a homeschooler too, which I know we have a huge homeschooling audience that listens to this show. So I think that's really fun that they're going to get to glean some of these things even in the homeschooling life because I think it can be even more overwhelming to yes. cultivate loveliness mm-hmm. and try to live mm-hmm. like a Parisian in the middle of <laughs> That's for sure. lots I'm of children. That. Yeah. <laughs> so it will be very valuable to hear how you are doing that. But first, so I, like I said, I've loved your stuff for years now, but I decided we were going to do this book as book club for this year. Last year in Patreon, we did everything about like self-care and Mm -hmm. homemaking and whatnot. But I thought, well, this year I kind of want to step it up a level. And I want us to think about like really intentionally thinking about the way we design our lives. And I thought, oh, one of my favorite books for that was Lessons from Madame Chic. Obviously, I've been pronouncing it wrong and I knew I probably was. (laughs) Darn it. Not at all. No, yeah. So anyway, I thought, oh, we're going to do a book club on this book because I know that all of my Patreon subscribers will just love it. It's a quick read and it's very practical. And so we put together this book club and we were starting it. And then I heard like all a couple of women messaged me in one day and they said, oh my goodness, did you know that one of the gals in our group is in a homeschooling group with the author of the book? I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how is this even possible? And so I'd like to hear your side of the story. But from what I heard, she was talking about the book club at homeschool group. And then you just nonchalantly mentioned, oh yeah, that's my book. And she was like, 
what? Oh my goodness. How did I not know you were a New York Times bestselling author? To which my response was, if I was a New York Times bestselling author, everyone would know. I would be out walking my dog and people would pass me on the street. I'd be like, hey, here's a copy of my book. Did you know I'm an author? Like I was just blown away that no one even knew. Oh, you're so funny. Thank you. Um, it was a really funny story because, yeah, my friend Amy, she's in in your Patreon. Um, we, I don't tell anybody what I do. That's the funny. So I have so crazy. many friends now that still don't even know what I do. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why. I just don't <laughs> mention it because it's like you know how am I going to bring it up? You know, it's sometimes if they you say find what ways. Do you do, <laughs> what? I find ways. I oh, just manage so to. Yeah. If they ask me what I do, sometimes I say, well, I'm a writer. And then usually people, it's funny because usually people think, oh, okay, sure. You know, yeah. <laughs> and then nobody asks me anything else. So that's, that's usually the response. So I don't really ever say anything. Uh, but anyway, my friend Amy and I, and we've, you know, we've known each other now for a few months and, and we've talked a lot. That's what's so funny. That's why she oh, was kind goodness. of like, she thought it was so funny, but, uh, no, our daughters are going to do a science experiment together. So she just wanted to get my phone number. So I told her, uh, she's like, okay. And she was getting out her phone to get my number. And, you know, I didn't think she knew my last name. So uh, she was writing in Jennifer and I said, my last name's Scott. And she said, Oh, that's so funny. I'm in a book club right now and we're reading a book by a Jennifer Scott. And I said, Oh, I said, well, maybe it's my book. What book is it? <laughs> and she thought I was kidding. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I, is it Madame Chic? And she was, and she was, you know, she's like, what? She just, it was oh, so weird. Goodness. It was just very funny. So it, she was so funny about it, but, um, that's hilarious. Yeah. She, she's so sweet, but it was just hilarious. And then I found you on Instagram and I basically invited myself on your podcast. No, <laughs> not at all. I was, well, I was so like starstruck that someone actually knew you and I was like, oh my goodness, how crazy, what a small world. But then within hours when you messaged me, I was like, no way, you've got to be kidding me. Like this has been <laughs> the best year for random people that I have followed forever, actually like getting in touch with me to come on the show. It was one of those, um, yeah, I don't even have to think about whether I want you on the show or not. Of course I do. Oh, so thank you. Yeah. I can't this believe I didn't no, so think awesome. to like reach out to you and try to get you on the show. That, that's silly. Oh, I would have loved I should it. Have. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> I usually will ask people, but I don't know. Sometimes I get like, sometimes I get shy, like, eh, what if they just say no? Or, you know, is it? Well, it, I know what you mean. Cause I yeah. interview people on my YouTube channel and I'm hoping yeah. to interview you too, right? Which We're I talking would about love. This in, yes. Uh, in March or something. And, uh, so I have asked people and I, you know, cause I, like I said to you earlier before we started, I just, I don't think of it as business. I just think of it as chatting with a friend. Yeah. And so I, ev almost everybody I've asked, has said yes, but there are some people who have said no. And I was like, oh, I totally blown away. Like they didn't want to be on it. And I, <laughs> and I was like, you know, I'm like, oh, and it really took me by surprise. Like, oh, everybody doesn't want to be on my show. What's up with, you know yeah. what I mean? But it, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's not their thing. And I'm like, and I totally get it. So yeah. anyway, I'm, I'm not afraid of rejection though. So it's okay. Yeah. Normally <laughs> I put myself out there, but it was just like, oh, she's this, you know, best-selling author. What, what's she going to, she really going to be into this? But you were, which was fabulous. So I'm super <laughs> excited and especially about this book, because like I said, we are doing a book club about it. But I would love if you just kind of shared a little bit of your story, because I mean, you were in Paris quite a while ago now, but it's definitely it seems like it's changed the trajectory of your life. And 
how you live your life and your profession and all of that. And so I would love to hear just you can tell, you know, the listeners a little bit about how this all happened. But then I would love to get into what does that look like for you now as a homeschooling mom of four? Sure. Um, Well, Yes, I was in Paris in the year 2001, and I was a junior in college. I went to USC. And, you know, it's funny because people who, they haven't read the book or, you know, they haven't, they don't know much about it. They think, well, what, you know, why are we going to read about somebody who was there way back in 2001, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But I always tell people, you know what, I was there before the world really changed. Yeah. I didn't have a smartphone. There was no social media. There was nothing. It was, the world is a different place now. And Paris is a different place now. And I was there um, and I kind of capture a slice of life in my book that probably will never be repeated, you know, and I think even the Parisians are, are all starting to live differently now. So basically I studied abroad my junior year at USC. I was a French minor. So I studied abroad and I chose Paris and, uh, in the program that we were in, we got to stay with a French family. We were assigned to a family. And so I was assigned to, uh, who I call the chic family. That wasn't their last name, but you Mm -hmm. know, I preserved their anonymity that way. Yeah. And we lived in the 16th arrondissement. And I just had such a revolutionary experience that it it completely floored me and it completely changed my life because the way they live was so just vastly different from what I knew Mm -hmm. and what we just know as Americans in general, not that I, it's not like, you know, I'm not saying I was raised in, (laughs) I was just raised in a normal household, very casual Southern California, you know, environment. And I went there and it's really something else when you're immersed uh, with mm-hmm. a family, you know, when yeah, they speak I a bet. foreign language, they have foreign customs. It's different. Some people study abroad and they stay in dormitories. It's really not the same thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, I bet. Um, so anyway, I, I, the book is about, uh, you know, it's called the top 20 secrets I learned while living in Paris. And it was it through the, the book. Each chapter goes through some major lessons that I learned living with them. And it's mm-hmm. a funny book. I think, you know, if I can say yeah. that it's like a fish out of water type book where I'm just completely clueless and I'm just kind of being schooled on, yeah. <laughs> on, a, on a different way to live. And, um, and yeah, that, that was it. So it, it was, it was different in the fact that, you know, I, I think it's valuable just like Peter Mayle's book, A Year in Provence is valuable. It was mm-hmm. written a long time ago. Um, this one is too, even though it's not relevant to today's, you know, Pinterest, Snapchat, uh, you know, Instagram yeah. culture, it is, it's more relevant because if people are trying to cultivate the lovely, like in your yeah. podcast, uh, you know, we sometimes have to look to a simpler time before mm-hmm. the world really changed in order to do that. Oh, I completely agree. And okay, this is going to sound funny, but my, my, not my husband, I don't have a husband. <laughs> what am I saying? <laughs> my son and I have been <laughs> watching Downton Abbey lately. And mm-hmm. there is this great juxtaposition where I don't know if you've watched it, but Cora's yes. mother comes over from America yes. and she's really like dogging on them for all their mm-hmm. traditions and their customs. Mm-hmm. And like, you've got to get on with the times and you got to not get caught up with all of that. And, you know, there mm-hmm. that I think it's so ingrained into how America was really founded that, oh, we're doing away with tradition. We're doing away yes. with custom. We look at that as kind of like mm-hmm. a bad thing almost. We're all individuals and we're just going to move forward and do whatever we want. But then right. I think there is a little bit of breakdown 
that happens with that Mm -hmm. because you kind of allow yourself a lot of times to be the worst version of yourself instead Mm -hmm. of calling yourself to the best version of yourself. And I kind of mentioned this to you before we started recording even that I think especially moms in the trenches of the early years of motherhood, it can just get so easy to get caught up in survival mode that we, we stop taking care of ourselves. Ladies, I have a question for you. What do you do with all your photos? You know, we all have a ton. I know that mine are mostly hidden on my phone and on my computer. They're taking up a ton of my storage, but we rarely go back and actually look at them, much less do anything with them. I know recently I took this picture that is one of my favorites. It's of my daughter. I put it on Instagram and it's of her doing this crazy ballet backbend thing. And it was amazing. And then there were a couple other cute shots just right after that of her showing her personality and I was thinking wouldn't those be fun to have on a little collage on the wall well my favorite place to make that happen is canvas people canvas people print your favorite photos on canvas for a really unique beautiful print in fact last year you probably remember I had a beautiful one done of our family that's a really nice size that I plan to put in our home someday they are perfect for decor because they're like pieces of art you can get your favorite memories printed to cherish and the beautiful print look great on any wall. And right now, as a special limited time offer, Canvas People is offering their popular 11 by 14 photo canvases for free. That's right, free. These normally sell for $69.99, but for this week only, you'll pay nothing. Just cover shipping and handling. To get your free canvas, text LOVELY to 797979. Just pay shipping and handling. This offer won't last. Text LOVELY to 797979. That's LOVELY to 797979. Message and data rates may apply. I think um, our ca- our society is is very casual, too yeah. casual. Yeah. And it's like we sometimes rejoice in the fact that we're a melting pot and that we don't have traditions as a yeah. as a collective culture, you know. Yeah. And little individual cultures in within the American culture do, but altogether we don't, you know. It's something that's very apparent about the French culture is that they have strong traditions and they stick to them. And in the book, I juxtapose um, Madame Chic with Madame Bohemienne. Mm-hmm. And she was more of um, a free-spirited, less casual, I mean, more casual, you mm-hmm. know, less formal. Uh, she was a single mom with two boys and she lived very differently to the Sheiks, but they still had many things in common. And, mm-hmm. you know, they really revered the, the mealtime. Yeah. And and she just lived such a beautiful they both lived such beautiful lives and look two such different women. Yeah. So, mhm, I agree. And it seems like they both embraced who they were. Like you talk about their different body types and all of that and but they dressed to play up what they had, not trying to make it into something different, mm-hmm. which I think is that's a different kind of individuality than we have in America. In America, it's like everyone's fighting to be independent and live their own lives, but also wants to look the same as everybody else. Yes. I was just going to say that. Fighting to be the same. Yeah. (laughs) Which is funny that, you know, they're, they're more about tradition, but yet Mm -hmm. they, they embrace who they each individually are and how they were made to be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So how has this changed, especially for you, like having you on the show? I know you, you've got a baby right now. Like you're mm-hmm. definitely in the trenches of motherhood. What does this look like for you now trying to live 
you know, on these tenants that you learned while you were in Paris? It's so funny you mentioned that because even today I was just thinking, man, this is the trenches. Like I am, yeah. <laughs> it's like I am more in the trenches now than I've ever been in my yeah. life. Yeah. Because I've got a five month or six month old, no, he's five months old, five month old baby right now who oh, doesn't take yeah. a bottle. Yeah. We love him. But, um, and, uh, you know, three other kids, a toddler, the toddler is, you know, really it's, he's in the phase where he, um, he talks to me and follows me all day yes. and that's so cute. And I'm trying to remind myself that he won't always do this and that yeah. I will want him to do this someday. So I'm like trying not to let it bother me. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have my two daughters who are so lovely and honestly so independent and so helpful. Um, and and they're so great, but, but still it's so much work homeschooling. And, and so I eat today as I was cleaning up lunch, I was like, I am in the trenches. Like, it's not going to ever be harder than this right now. It's only going to get better. That's what I keep reminding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I am going through, a, you know, I've been going through a phase for a few years and people follow me on my YouTube channel. I do weekly videos and I'll, I'm going through different you know, it, people are seeing the evolution of my life really yeah. because I started my blog before I had children. Yeah. And so funny, I just got an email from somebody the other day who said, you know, I read one of your posts from 2008 and it seemed, you know, it didn't really seem like, like it was you. It, they, <laughs> they was like, huh? and I'm like, uh, that was 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years ago. Like, of course it's not me. I've changed, you yeah. know? Um, but I have such different priorities now than I did and different budget, different everything. Yeah. But, you know, I think the thing to remember is, you know, for all the, all you moms out there in the trenches, uh, is that you, what I try to do is stay very in the present moment. I try not to wish for things to be different, you know, mm -hmm. and I know that it's, everything is going to change. You know, when my five month old is two years old, I'm going to have a totally different experience, you know, yeah. in life. It's just only going to get, you know, life is only going to get, you know, better and easier. But, um, you know, to, talking about implementing the things I learned from Madame Chic into my life, I still do it. Yes, there are times where I have to bend things a little bit. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I find that the tips that I learned from her and from living in Paris have helped me during these times where I feel like I'm in the trenches. Otherwise, I I might feel like I've lost myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You see those moms that they look stressed. They're in the exercise clothes every day. Yes. They look stressed. They don't like they're enjoying their life. Um, I don't want to be that. I don't want my kids to see that from me. You mm -hmm. know, I want, and I'm, and my message with all of that is, you know, one of my slogans in the book is look presentable always. Mm -hmm. um, it does not mean look perfect, look it doesn't mean any of that. It just means presentable, yeah. you know, and sometimes yeah. that's hard as a mom. And sometimes that changes, you know, sometimes the best you can do. Yes, yeah. is exercise clothes. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. You know, but just to strive to do better. Yeah, that the exercise clothes aren't the rule. <laughs> that's right. just the given. Exactly. I know I've had so many people, especially through this last year and a half in the process that I've been going through, who've reached out to me and said, like, I just don't understand how you aren't just wearing exercise clothes every day and have your hair in a messy bun. And it's like, but that's not the way I want to feel. I right. it's want, depressing. Yeah, I want to dress <laughs> to the way I want to feel. Like, if I want to yes. feel better, then I need to, like, get myself together and make myself look the way I want to feel. And mm -hmm. so it's, you know, I have those days every once in a while where it's like, okay, it's a Friday and 
<laughs> things have gone off the rails or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm going to excuse the workout clothes for a day, but I don't want that to become the habit that I just, because right. I think it then leads to stop, be, stop taking care of yourself in other ways too. Oh, I agree. And I, I think our society, like we don't realize how far we've kind of fallen in this, I think. If you look back to the 80s or the 90s, and even if you just watch, I was watching, I don't watch TV anymore, but back when I had time to watch TV, (laughs) I would watch old episodes of Heart to Heart. That was that show with um, Stephanie Power and, um, oh gosh, I can't remember his name, but anyway. Okay. Uh, Anyway, and, and you would see scenes from them going to a restaurant and everyone was dressed up at the restaurant. And I thought, you know what? I was alive in the eighties and that is how it used to be. Yeah. (laughs) used to dress up and nobody wore, you know, uh, back in the eighties, what did they wear? Leotards and you know, the like the leg warmers. Nobody wore that to the grocery store. Everybody kind of dressed up, but now it's just become so normal that you don't, nobody questions it. Nobody thinks it's strange. And it is, I think it's, strange. I do. And I know that other cultures do as well because other cultures aren't quite, we're the most casual country in the world. Yeah. You know, but I've spent some time in Japan, for example, and you just don't see it there. Like from anybody, you know, everybody gets dressed up during the day and you just, you, that's just how it is, you know? So we've just really, it's the frog in the boiling water. We don't notice it. And and we have to be careful as moms to not slip into that pattern Mm-hmm. And then have our children just remember us like that. Just, con- you know, yes. I don't want my children to remember me like that when they're older. Exactly. And if I'm being completely honest, there were a lot of years there because I homeschooled for seven years. And I yeah. felt like it was like my personal responsibility to make it look like homeschool moms weren't like disheveled or wearing a jean <laughs> jumper. So it was like anytime <laughs> I went in public, I've got to look like I've got it yeah. together and I'm not right. like coming apart at the seams. <laughs> Trying not to look weird. Yes. That's what I'm trying to do, too. Yes. <laughs> you get and, enough weird looks when you tell people that yes. you're homeschooled. So. Like, fight the stereotype with your wardrobe. <laughs> yeah, it's totally true. But, yeah, I think it's just, we see it in so many different areas that I think it's infiltrated America, this casual sentence, like you were talking about. I think it's it's infiltrated the American Christian church and the way we approach worship and everything. Like there's just so many different facets of how it's all kind of gone downhill. I mean, I feel like it was kind of like this generation of people who went to college and started wearing their pajamas to class and then (laughs) never stopped once they got out of college (laughs) and it just like carried over and now it's become a thing. Yeah. Well, just imagine how our, our generation kids are going to act because the, right. these kids will have never seen their parents dress nicely. Yeah. And what are they going to wear when they, they're going to, the, like, our entire country is going to be like this soon. You ladies know I love a good meal kit delivery service. It saves me so much time from having to plan the meals, going to the grocery store, and then having to pull everything together with the cooking. Well, every plate does not disappoint as a meal kit delivery service. In fact, it's America's best value meal kit. You guys, when other dinner options cost around $10 per serving, every plate is offering five chef-designed recipes each week from only $4.99 per serving. 
Plus, I love that recipes come together in about 30 minutes, definitely faster than that trip to the grocery store. The recipes are easy to follow and they really take the stress out of dinner time for me. I love that they've got a lot of the prep done for me. Everything is sectioned off into its own little baggies. It's very easy to put together. It takes the time consuming guesswork out of cooking. And I don't have to buy more ingredients than I actually need because they already come pre-measured. When I see that box on my porch, a sense of relief comes over me because I know that I'm going to save so much time and so much money. I mean, when you think of it, one meal is the same price as about a cup of coffee. That is a really good value. They do a great job of picking out recipes that are family friendly. And I love being able to take the time that I would normally be devoting to the shopping and the planning and all of that and actually getting to focus on my kids. Plus, because the recipes are so great on these photo cards and they're really easy to follow, my kids can really easily help me with the cooking and become part of the process. All the way around, every plate makes dinner a better experience for my family. And they do it for cheaper than any other meal delivery service. So if you want to try out every plate, you can get six free meals across your first three weeks and free shipping on your first delivery. Just go to everyplate.com and enter the lovely six. This offer equates to one third off each of your first three boxes. And since you're a podcast listener, you'll receive that free shipping off your first delivery, making the cost of your first box go down to $20. So to get those six free meals across your first three weeks, plus that free shipping, just go to everyplate.com and enter the lovely six. I have a lot of readers who message me. I get a lot of a lot of uh, emails through my author website. Women will message me and they'll say, you know, Jennifer, I used to wear yoga pants every day and a messy bun, but after reading your book, I decided to wear a dress and I had nowhere to go. And and they'll say, my kids compliment me and they, yeah. mommy, you look so beautiful, and they can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that is so good, you know, because. Yes. They just can't believe and they look at you and they, uh, you know, they kid children really notice this. Yeah. The opposite story happened to me because I really, especially since I left and we've been through this year and a half process, I pretty much every day am leaving the house. So I get ready. I put on my makeup. I get dressed every day. And there was one day a couple of weeks ago where I was just like, you know what? It's Friday and I'm actually just going to run the kids to school and then I'm going to come back and get ready after that. But I haven't ever done that. And we were on the way to school. We were almost there. And my 12, almost 13-year-old looked over at me and he goes, uh, did you put on makeup today? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my word. Okay. No. That's so funny. Thank you. I don't He's know. Calling you out. Yes. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm setting your standards too high or if this is a good thing. <laughs> That's the thing. Kids notice. Yes. And a lot of women think, well, no one's going to see me today except the kids, so I'm not going to bother. Yeah. But they are worth getting dressed up for. Yeah. That's so true. Because we do want to model for them. It's just, you know, it's that whole do it, do what I say, not what I do. Like that doesn't work. (laughs) We have to model it for them. You know, I always say to women, if your kids aren't homeschooled, let's say your kids go to school, how would you like it if their teacher came in, you know, like, yoga pants with the sheer sides and like hair in a messy bun and how would you feel about that people probably would not be happy because it's not professional you know what I mean yeah so we should have the same standards for ourselves. I think and that is something that I have noticed they obviously none of my kids teachers are showing up in that state but Mm -hmm. like it's totally normal for one of their teachers to show up in jeans and a t-shirt 
And mm-hmm. that would have never happened when I was in school. Like oh, that no. was like when I was in school, the teachers were fancy. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There were like nylons and skirts yes. and pantsuits. And and, <laughs> yes, yeah. So it, that was something because you know we hadn't been part of the public school process at all. And so when I started bringing my kids to school, and was like, oh, things have changed. Like things it's really changed. not yeah, the same. I think with my my daughters did or my older daughter did public school for two years and they had a casual Friday so the teachers yeah. would wear jeans and t-shirts but other than that the teachers actually my daughter's kindergarten teacher was so chic she was like a madame chic so I was so oh, happy about that but yeah fabulous. no I can I can see you know what you mean though yeah I kept thinking like when I would see it like is it Friday oh no no <laughs> I guess I guess it's not Tuesday. yeah that's just the thing yep but but yeah and I think you know, as you talk about in the book too, it it goes beyond just the way we look. It's also the mindset about, you know, food. I know that's a, a big thing. And I'm wondering how you've been able to carry out that idea of being able to be present and focusing on what you're eating when you've got four kids. Well, it's hard. I have to be very honest with you. It's hard because as much as I plan the meal and we all sit down and I plan everything down to the napkins on the table, yeah. they are constantly asking, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm just in a phase where I just need to accept it, but I'm just constantly getting up and, you yeah. know, my toddler will spill his juice or I have to yep. get up and, or they'll, somebody would want more, you know, peas to eat or something. We're in a weird situation. We kind of re- need to redo our kitchen. We've got a very strange eating situation where, Four of them are on bar stools. The, baby, no. the baby's in a straight. We're like not facing each other. It's yeah. really bothering me right now. So we need to get a situation where we have a table to sit at. Yeah. Um, it's, during the warmer months, we all sit outside at our big table. And that's, you know, what we do. But right now we're in a, we're, it's, so it's kind of weird. But we, I try, I just like, I like to lay the table. I like to use placemats. I'm trying to teach my children to put their napkin in their lap. Like we're just, it's just taken a long time, but we're getting there. And I like to play classical music while we eat. I just try my best to do, to work with what I have. And yeah. sometimes mealtime is really chaotic and sometimes it's very pleasurable. So it just depends, but I'm not yeah. giving up. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the key is like just having the consistency to keep trying to move forward and if it doesn't work yeah. one night that doesn't mean you just scrap the whole thing right consistency and it it will take years for a lot yeah. of people yeah but don't give up yeah I I love that I do have a question for you though because I know you talk about using like your nice stuff all the time because why do you have it if you're not using it are you mm-hmm. still using all your nice things with all these children <laughs> I do we use our nice plates although you know the kids well, my husband and I use the nice plates. I have the the divided plates for my kids, okay. you know, like the plastic ones, because my toddler throws his plates. Yes. So, so my daughters will sometimes eat on the nice china plate, but um, it, you know, breakfast, for example, they just have the divided plastic ones, and then. But my husband and I still eat on the nice plates, and as they get older, they will too. Yeah. Um, I don't even have. I have a few. Um, pottery barn just plain white plates but the rest of them are all antique dishes and I just put them in the dishwasher so because I'm thinking you know yes these are going to get bad over time but you know what when they get ruined I'm going to buy myself a nice new set of china you know and I'm going to enjoy these until they so we do definitely absolutely and I love having my food on those plates yeah yeah no I do think it makes a big difference 
I just didn't know if the kids were doing it too. Because if I did that, it'd be like, okay, well, that lasted a month and now we have no dishes. (laughs) Right. Well, my older daughters, they definitely do. They're fine. My two-year-old has been known to throw his plate, so he doesn't get them yet. But, you know, I, I do plan on on slowly implementing them with the the children too. Yeah. So, and you have a new book coming out in the fall, correct? Well, you know what? I just found out it's coming out in July and I can't oh, believe wow. it. July 16th. I know I've floored. That's so, a, a yeah, big jump. I know. So, so I'm assuming it's fully written by now. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so what stage where did you, was that before you had the baby that you wrote it? So the book's called Connoisseur Kids and I, gosh, when did, I think now it's like all such a, it took forever to get this book produced. I feel like it's taken two years. Um, I honestly, I cannot remember. I think I was in the middle of writing it when I got pregnant. I delivered the manuscript when I was pregnant. Okay. So I delivered it. Yes. So I was in the middle of writing it and I delivered it when um, I was pregnant. So yeah. So I was kind of in the midst of it all. So does that book kind of address some of these sorts of issues? Oh, it does. I love this book so much. I just, I think that it could benefit every family with children. Um, It's the type of book where it's kind of a weird book in the sense that it's not for the child or the parent, it's for both. Mm -hmm. So you're meant to really sit down with your kids and go through it slowly. Like each chapter, just kind of take it and work on it that week. It's kind of like a homeschool curriculum, to be honest with you. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) But it's, it's, you know, it's about living well. And it, and we all try to teach our kids this thing. You know, we yeah. all try to teach them manners. We have all done it. We try to, to, to teach them to keep their room clean and to want to keep their room clean and to have manners at the table and to speak to adults politely. Like we try, and I know that we all do, but sometimes it doesn't stick. But this book is going to help it stick because it's full of games and poems and activities that you can do with your children. But it's also, it just explains explains things and I like the evolution of it and it's it, it's something that your kids will look forward to because they crave uh, quality time with us mm-hmm. and this will be quality time you're sitting down with them reading this discussing these things laughing about them maybe doing some of the activities together it's going to be something that they won't forget yeah oh I bet I love that and I think a lot of us probably who have read your other books I know I remember reading it the first time and been like Okay, she's got kids. You had kids because you talk about it in the book by that point. Mm-hmm. But like, I wonder a few more years down the line to tell me what this <laughs> looks like. And, oh, I know, I know. And how to incorporate the kids. I felt the same thing about Marie Kondo and the life-changing I was just magic of say tidying that. <laughs> yeah, that's so like, funny. I was just going to say. I felt like saying, "Okay, write write one after you have a kid." Yes! Then I want to hear about yes tidying up. <laughs> yes. And now she's got this TV show where she's helping other people. But I'm like, I want the TV show to show me your house. Like, how are you making this happen with these know, children? Yeah. But oh, so I'd love to see four kids. Too. Right. Yes. It's a <laughs> whole different game. Whole different I game. Um, but I, I love that we're getting to see like the evolution, like you were saying, that you've been going through, but that that's being reflected in your books too, because I think that's going to be even more helpful to women as, yeah. you know, especially with you in the trenches, like you're doing it all. You're the working mom who's homeschooling and has four kids. Like you've got all the plates in the air. Yeah. It's, 
it's crazy right now. But you know, it's funny because on my YouTube channel, I think last week I did a video where I cleared out my junk drawers, right? Okay. And I know it sounds so weird, but I do things like my channel because I think it's fun if we do it together, you know, yeah. and it's like you bring the computer along and watch my video and do your own junk drawer. Yeah. But anyway, um, I, m most people were like right on, you know, they were very supportive and some people were, you know, kind of like they couldn't believe that I had a junk drawer. <laughs> Me, the author of Lessons from a Damn Cheek, and I'm like thinking, ladies, I am a totally normal mom, just like you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and it's not like you it's not like you read the book and then you are forever changed and you never ever have No, you're gonna go through seasons of life. Everybody will. Yeah. Where you're you have young children or maybe you have an illness or you have some or you're homeschooling. That changes things a lot. Yes. And you do not have the time or things like junk drawers are at the bottom of your priority. Yeah. You know, the point is, is that you go to them and you, you work, you eventually get through it and you do it with a happy heart. You enjoy the process, you know? Yeah. So, and I even had to, I had to put a rebuttal video out cause I'm, you know, <laughs> just to explain to people that I'm not, I hope I'm not projecting the message of perfection, you know, yeah. and that if you're not perfect, don't even talk to me, you know, yeah. no, that's, that's not right. And that's not the Madame Chic message, you know, yeah. it really isn't. So, yeah, I think it's just like calling people to be them, be their best selves mm -hmm. and kind of raising that bar that we have lowered in America. And it, I don't think it's yeah. calling for perfection. It's just like, we can do better. Mm -hmm. And I think yes, that, I agree. yeah, I think a lot of it, too, is based on, like, habits that you form for yourself. If you just, you know, get in the habit of being more mindful about your eating or paying attention to the way you're dressing or, you know, putting on classical music while you're making dinner or whatever, those are things that if you do them long enough, you don't have to think about. They don't seem like they take as much effort because they are just right. what you do. And so then when you go through yes. those different stages, it's easier to incorporate those things because it's just what you do. Yes. It becomes a second nature. Absolutely. I talk about that in uh, my third book, Polish Your Poise with Madame Chic. I say, if you practice poise behind closed doors, when no one is there, even let's say you live alone, mm -hmm. uh, it's going not, it's not going to come across as false when you're out in the real world with other yeah. people. You know, when you're at home, instead of wearing, um, you know, an old baggy sweatpant and like an old ripped t-shirt to bed or as you know, that yes. if you just put on a nice pair of pajamas and a nice robe, um, you know, and, and slippers and just treat yourself to that. And you sit down and you eat on a nice plate and you do, you know, you just become used to living like that. And that just becomes who you are. And it yeah. feels strange to not do that. You know, yeah. it's like, I, I've been doing this stuff for so long that I would feel so uncomfortable if I was in like an old ripped concert t-shirt and yeah and, you know and it just if that's who you want to become then just do it yeah. behind closed doors even if it's just your kids seeing you you know yeah well and even like you were saying even if you're single or just for yourself I love that you brought up the pajamas thing because it was earlier this winter that a few friends of mine and I we all suddenly got on this topic because somebody bought pajamas and they were like uh so weird question but do any of you actually wear pajamas and a couple of us had just bought pajamas also and we we're like we are just realizing like how amazing actual pajamas are that <laughs> like, you like yes feel luxurious going to bed yeah and it's not for oh, anybody it's just right because it makes you feel good 
Yes, there's a funny story in Lessons for Madame Chic about that where I was wearing, I just used to wear, you know, my, I just used to wear the oldest pair of sweatpants I had and a t-shirt to bed yeah. every, you know, when I was a teenager. And then when I went to, to school, that's just what I wore. I didn't think about it at all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm in my baggy and these, I was wearing these white sweatpants that had a hole in the knee and they used to belong to my sister. They were her old gym. <laughs> This is so embarrassing. They were her old gym sweatpants. I don't know why. I, I, I honestly, so the funny. fact that I packed them in yeah. my suitcase. I'll to take to these Paris, to Paris. Yeah. Show I love. Right. Just shows where my head was. Like uh, it just was nowhere. I mean, I'm like, what was I thinking? But anyway, Madame, she couldn't believe, and I could tell she was polite. She didn't want to just straight out say it. Sometimes she was very blunt with me, but in the very beginning, she was saying, oh, did I put that hole in the knee in the, <laughs> in the washer? And I was like, no, 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 they like this. And when she just couldn't, she just, the look on her face was like, why would you wear that on purpose? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, thankfully, I'm the type of person who I get a hint really easily, I think. And um, yeah. some people don't, but I really do. And, and I just immediately was ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, I went to ETAM and I bought two pairs of pajamas. And I say this in my, uh, I did a TEDx talk on the 10 item wardrobe. And it, that night when I put on, it was like a cream button down pajama set it was so it was it wasn't even expensive it was like 20 bucks or 25 bucks or something yeah I put it on and I felt so chic I couldn't believe it I was like I'm wearing real pajamas I'm an adult you know yeah. <laughs> uh, different I yeah. never went back I never went back I ever since that day that was something that changed right away when I went to Paris <laughs> yeah, like all of a sudden you feel like June Cleaver or something. Like, what just happened to my life? I'm wearing real pajamas. Fancy, I know. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. You ladies know I love me some good skincare products, and BioClarity is one of my very favorite companies. BioClarity is a clean and green skincare brand that has products that just work. It's time to get back into healthier habits. And what healthy eating does for your body, BioClarity does for your face. Their skincare line offers easy-to-use regimens with good-for-you ingredients that will give you great skin. I love BioClarity because I know that I can trust the ingredients, and it truly makes my skin feel calmed. I feel like my skin is soft and glowing. It evens out the texture and helps me with redness. I really love using their essentials routine, but even more so, I want to tell you guys that my son, who's almost 13, has been using their clear skin routine. It's for combination oily or breakout prone skin, so right around that age when he is needing a little extra help, and this routine comes with everything you need to get clear, glowing skin. It's a three-step regimen that gets rid of breakouts, clears and calms the skin, and is packed full of detoxifying nutrients. It's also antioxidant and includes a super special ingredient only in BioClarity, Floralux from plants. It's absolutely more than just a cleanser. It will give you clear and radiant skin without overdrying. It also helps with redness, hyperpigmentation, and evens out skin tone and texture as I have experienced. So the three steps are cleanse, treat, and restore. And it helps my son to have less breakouts and really calm a lot of those acne-prone issues that he's having at this age. Their products are 100% vegan, cruelty-free, paraben-free, sulfate-free, and artificial fragrance-free. That's a really big one to me. And it has a 100% risk-free money back guarantee. So if you want to get healthier, more radiant skin, go to bioclarity.com. And right now for my listeners, when you purchase a skincare routine, you'll get a free clarifying mask with your order. That's a $25 value for free, but you need to enter my code lovely at checkout. 
So go to bioclarity.com and get your free clarifying mask when you purchase a routine when you use my code lovely at checkout. Again, that's bioclarity.com code lovely. So have you been back to Paris since you left? I've been back to France in many different parts, but I have not been back to Paris. But this summer, we're going to be, I haven't actually announced this yet on my channel, but we're going to be spending pretty much the whole summer in England and we plan a trip to Paris. So that's going to be really fun. So fun. So you're doing book launch from England. Well, I just realized that that was not (laughs) the plan, but I thought it was coming out in the fall. And uh, so, yeah, I'll have to figure that one out. I don't know what I'm going to do about that. But, yeah, we're going to be gone in July and August. And, uh, you know, my husband's from England, so we're going to be spending the summer there. And I guess I will be doing the book launch from England. A little more than you anticipate. But, hey, if you could end up being in Paris and do book launch stuff from there, that would be kind of incredible. That would be very cool. Yeah. So maybe it was all meant to be. (laughs) yeah exactly well I can't wait to see like what you get out of being back there after all this time and I'm sure you'll be talking about it on your YouTube channel but I just think that's going to be immensely interesting oh thanks yeah I know I'm looking forward to it too yeah I bet that'll be really fun okay well if people want to know more they just need to go read the books because they're excellent obviously I've I've mentioned that a few times but yeah I'm a huge fan so they need to go read the books and they can join our book club and stuff and maybe we'll have to do a book club on your new book too because that sounds really good oh that would be great thank you um so what does a typical day look like for you right now a typical weekday let's see I usually wake up at about 5 30 in the morning and um unless I've had a really hard night with the baby yeah but Generally, I try to wake up at 5.30. I usually, I wake up at 5.30, I have a drink of water. I try to read my Bible at that time because I will not get to it the rest of the day. Or if I do, I'll get distracted. So I do that. And then I usually work for about an hour. If I am working on a book, that's when I'll write. And I won't go on social media, won't go on anything until I finish writing. Uh, If I'm not working on a book, then I'll just hop on and I'll, you know, just edit a YouTube video or just write on the blog or respond to comments or things like that. Check Mm -hmm. the news. Uh, Then I just work until I try to gauge when the children are going to wake up because I like to get ready before they're awake. So then and generally my daughters sleep till 730 or 8, sometimes 830. I'll just let them sleep as long as they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people have different opinions about that, but I <laughs> I think I miss need those sleep. days. Yeah, I know. I really that's like one of my favorite things about homeschooling. So I'm not going to yep. wake them up. Yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> I will um, go get ready for the day at that point, And I'll, you know, do my makeup, just a five minute routine, get dressed. Um, if the baby wakes up during this time, I'll feed him. And then as the children wake up, I help them, you know, I help my toddler to get ready. And then we go down, we have breakfast. Um, then we homeschool from whenever that is usually around nine to lunch or just after lunchtime. It doesn't take that long. My husband also helps me. He's, he works from home. So he does math with my older daughter, for example. So that makes our homeschool day go a lot faster, which is really nice. Um, then we'll have lunch. And then in the afternoon, it's just a combination of cleaning and working and playing, you know, with the kids until Mm -hmm. dinner. And then I always say my favorite time of day is bedtime. Yeah. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And then I uh, have quiet time and I usually am up till about, I usually stay up till 11 o'clock at night. So usually from eight to 11, I am 
alone, blissfully alone, and I get yeah. to work again. So that's when I work. Okay. And then that's my day. Yeah. Jam-packed, as I would have expected yeah. it to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's exhausting, but, you I, know. I bet. That's why I don't watch TV anymore. No time. <laughs> yep. Oh, I get it. It's pretty much lately been, like, down to Nabby with my son and then, like, okay, you go to bed so mommy can get back to work. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so what is one little thing you are doing to cultivate loveliness in your life right now? I think one thing I'm doing is, you know, I went into my closet. I have a really big closet, and I know that I'm very nice. fortunate. I haven't always had one. I've, you know, trust me, but I moved to the suburbs, so now I've got a huge closet, and yeah. it's just mine because my husband has his own too. So I'm nice. like, I need to cat. And I have a 10 item wardrobe, so I've got all this space yeah. in there, right? <laughs> So I have created a little corner where I can film my YouTube videos. So I have a little nice. dresser drawers and um, a painting and flowers and I put a candle in there and I just, I feel so happy when I walk in there I and bet. it's just this beautiful space. So yeah, just making the closet just really beautiful has been cultivating loveliness in my life. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love that. That is so fun. That's like a dream come true for me. I know I've been, I've been living with family and whatnot for the past year or year and a half mm -hmm. and trying to figure out, okay, what's it going to look like when we get a place? And that's actually yeah. one of the things where I'm like, okay, I really need a closet, a walk-in closet because I need that to be my office too, because I need yes. like the clothes to absorb the sound from the, you know, when yes, I'm recording and yeah. So that's like high on the list of, oh, please, Jesus, let that be the case. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So Something I am doing to cultivate loveliness is I actually kind of just had to give myself grace and allow myself to just like take a big pause on things because there were, a, well, a couple of months especially, but then a few weeks where things just seemed to be mounting on each other and extra stresses and like we got in a car accident, somebody blew through a stop sign and smashed oh into us goodness. and luckily everyone was oh, fine. Awful. But I mean, it was Good. just like all those kinds of things like kept happening. And I had yeah. to just say like, okay, like if for a week I don't get out every episode of the podcast and mm. I, cause I have two different podcasts. So it was like, okay, the one that takes the most effort is going to go by the wayside right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just kind of allowing myself to not feel too bad about that has actually mm -hmm. been a way to cultivate loveliness. Like, I tend to be that person. I'll just push and push and push and push until I'm totally burnt out and not good for anything. Me too. And so, Me too. yeah. And so to allow myself that time to kind of recuperate and I've been doing a morning show on Instagram and I even said like, okay, I'm getting back into the swing of things this week, ladies, but I'm still not coming back for the morning show yet. Like I'll be back, but I got to take yeah. a little bit more time to just kind of take a breather. But then my kids, actually, we've been having snowstorms and it's been insane. And my kids had school two hours late this morning. So it was one mm. of those glorious mornings where it was like, they're going to sleep as long as they want. I'm oh, not going to wake nice. anybody up. So it yeah. re reminded me of those old homeschooling days. I appreciate that. Yeah. So go you mama for letting them sleep. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for my stock questions? Yes. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. Okay. <laughs> this one's silly. Some of these are going to be like, oh, why am I even asking? Cloth napkins or paper? Hmm, cloth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> City or country? Country. Okay. Paper or digital? Oh, that's a good one. 
paper. Okay. Shopping, would you rather do it online or in the store? Online. Okay. It's four o'clock or whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music? A podcast. Really? I That is not what I would have pegged you for. Yeah. So what are some of well, the podcasts? Well, because I listen to music all day long. Okay. Well, actually, it'd be an audio. I kind of like it with audiobook because okay. um, I listen to music all day long. And when I, I need a break, I put my headphones in and I listen to an audiobook. And that feels like more of a break to me. Isn't that yeah. funny? Well, I think it also has something to do with like you're around yeah, I know, little people. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't what I expected. But yes. I think when you're around little people, you just, you want like adult voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love listening to audiobooks. So I'll just kind of put my headphones in and that's my break. It's like how I can escape. So what has been one of your favorite recent audiobooks? I'm going through, um, I love Agatha Christie okay. uh, mysteries and I've read all of them like twice, but uh, Hugh Fraser is them and hmm. He was the one who played Captain Hastings. I don't know if you watched Poirot. But anyway, uh-uh. his he is the best voice artist ever. And I'm just enjoying So right now I'm listening to After the Funeral. I always have one audiobook going on and one reading one, you know, mm-hmm. paper book. So anyway, I'm just listening to his mysteries because, you know, I, I don't know if you know this, but I actually always wanted to be a mystery author. Oh. And I hope to one day write a mystery series. So anyway, I, I listen to them and they just comfort me. I love oh, them. Oh, that's fun. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm listening to that. But I also just listen, uh, listened to uh, Nathaniel Philbrick's The Mayflower recently. That was a non-mystery I listened to, and that was really good as well. Interesting. Well, those are also not what I would have expected, but I love it. And we'll put them in the show notes. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't listen to sheet. You know, everyone's like thinking I'm going to be listening to sheet books, and I don't listen. Yeah. I don't do any of that stuff. I'm like over it. You know what I mean? When yeah. Oh, just yeah. just kind of over the thing that you do. You want to do something totally different. That's yep. how I am. <laughs> I get that. <laughs> okay. Chocolate. Would you rather have milk or dark? Dark. All right. Sports or no sports? No sports. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Um, neither. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that an option? I, sure. I tried doing live things on my YouTube channel. It was so stressful and it wasn't <laughs> working. It was just I'm scarred from it. And then That's I don't funny. like watching live things either. So. That's funny. See, I like live because once it's done, it's done. Like, I don't have to edit it. (laughs) But then there's also sometimes where you really appreciate when editing can be done. Yes. Oh, yes. That's me always. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. What is your favorite movie? Oh, gosh. that's You know, it used to be Amelie. But as I grow up, I realized all of that. When I was younger, before I had kids, I didn't really think about all the R-rated stuff in there. I just kind of like just didn't really think about that part because yeah. everything else was so lovely. But now I can't really recommend that because there's so much R-rated stuff in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've grown up, you know? That's funny. Um, yeah, but I'll have to think about that one. But it used to be Amelie. Okay. Yeah, I find that a lot of the shows that I always thought like, oh, I can't wait to show this to my kids someday. I, and then I watched it as an adult. and was like, mom, what were you thinking? Yes. Yeah. I know everything. I used to watch so many, and my parents were kind of strict with me, but like I, I, the same thing. I'm like, I would never let my kids watch this movie yeah. that I watched a million times. Yeah. So I'm with you. So funny. Okay. And lastly, if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is so crunchy that you're singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where would you <laughs> fall on the spectrum? 
it's funny because I have a series called Natural Home with Jennifer on my YouTube channel. And so I'm obsessed with natural products right now and okay. like totally switching everything out natural in my home. Yet I'm so not a crunchy hippie type. Yes. Um, so maybe five. Okay. Now maybe I think five on the spectrum. I think there is something to say for being a chic hippie because I yes. think uh, yeah. Maybe I'm a chic could... hippie. Yes. <laughs> I used to have a little company called, um, what was it? I can't even remember. Chic Mama. And it was like natural products. And I my slogan was, you don't have to be a hippie to be natural. But then I would go to like these fairs, you know, where they had a bunch of natural products and it was all like legit hippies. Hippie. And I would have to like hide my branding. <laughs> like, never mind. Um, I know you're going to offend them. Yes. Like, I know I've got my hair all done and I'm dressed like to the nines. They're like, but... what's wrong with being yeah. a hippie? I know. <laughs> It's like, well, it's nothing. I mean, I went to school in Missoula, Montana, and I I stood out like a sore thumb because I was in like Gap head to toe. And, you know, everyone else had the dreadlocks and you'd you'd be able to pinpoint like, okay, I'm not going to sit next to that person because they're going to (laughs) smell real bad. But it was just, yeah, it was quite the experience. But I still think you can embrace the natural and not look like it. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on my show. It was a delight to talk to you. Oh, thank you. I had such a great time talking to you, too. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and I can't wait for the new book. It sounds like it's going to be great. Great, I'll send you one. Yes, that would be great. I would love that. Okay, well, I will hopefully, I'll be coming on your show hopefully soon. Yes. And yep. everybody, come join Patreon so you can get in on the book club. All right, bye. Bye. So like Jennifer mentioned, I will soon be doing an interview on her YouTube channel, which I think is going to be lots of fun. And if you follow me on any of my social media at Mackenzie Kappa on Instagram, where I love to connect with you guys, I will be sure to be mentioning it there. So if you want to catch that, that's where you can find all of the latest updates. If you want show notes for this episode, you can go to boldturquoise.com slash 104. And if you want the behind the scenes of what it was like for me to conduct this interview and get it all set up and that sort of thing, then you can head over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely, sign up at our Ruby slippers level, and you will get those weekly posts about the interviews from my interview perspective. I think that's it for this week, ladies. Thank you so much for the time that you take out of your life to listen to this show. I am beyond honored that you would do so. Your support means so much to me. So thank you for being a loyal listener. All right, until next week, when I will be back with Knox and Jamie from the podcast and the Bible binge. Woo woo, so excited for that. All right, until then, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.